Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Angela Mancini is the partner at Control Risks here in Singapore. Their company, of course, across Asia assesses what's going on for uh, business intelligence, how not only political things but economic uh, shifts and trends uh, impact business around the region. So let's focus our discussion now with Angela on uh, what the U.S. election or outcome, whichever way it may go, or the indecision we have right now, what does that mean for businesses here in Singapore and across Asia? Angela, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Great to have you on with us today. As you are looking, as everybody is, checking in on the TVs every few hours or every day or whatever it is, what strikes you about the impact of this process that we are going through right now on businesses across this region? Yeah, well, first of all, I have to say, you mentioned Controllers as a risk consultancy, and I've said in a number of interviews, like, thank goodness we're not a polling firm, <laughs> because <laughs> while we're very busy looking at the risks, uh, you know, at least we don't have to, uh, you know, look at it uh, post-mortem as a polling firm. You know, I think it's a very, obviously, interesting time. I'm watching the media every few seconds. It's, it's, um, it's not even every hour, you know, hour at this point. But there's a couple different facets, right? I think, you know, speaking with some colleagues of mine in the States um, earlier this morning, as they wrapped up the week. And the first point I'd make is businesses outside the States in Asia, our clients here, and I've been on phone with clients last, you know, kind of 48 hours around the region, they're already kind of looking forward to the policies. Like, so what would a, a Trump or a Biden win? Most likely we think it's going to be a Biden win mean for policies, and we can discuss that. But in the States, they're very much, you know, day of. They're still in the moment. So I think, you know, from an immediate perspective of what are the risks to businesses like kind of now until there's a concession, assuming that Biden wins and Trump concedes at some point. So kind of that period of time before we get into longer term policy impacts. So the immediate term, I think everyone breathed a real sigh of relief that we didn't see the security issues we thought we might see at the polls. So that's the first thing to say, which is really good news. So we had clients calling us two, three weeks ago saying, you know, we want protective services. We want to help, you know, understand what are our crisis communication Plans, what are our crisis management plans? How do we protect our assets and people? And a real worry about voter intimidation the day of. I know a lot of the states and polling places have kind of gamed that out. What do you do if someone comes and it's an open carry state? Mm-hmm. So luckily, none of that happened. So for you know, immediate for business, um, their perspective is that's good. I think the issue is going to be the next 24 to 48 hours in particular. Now, we may see you know, a contested election that goes on for weeks and weeks if there's legal challenges at control risks, we are saying, you know, we don't think that there are um, evident avenues for Trump to win, given, you know, given the legal and the political situation now that may change. But regardless, we're seeing an elevated risk as it relates to the time period through a contested election. Now, why is that? Because it's civil unrest, right? So again, we haven't seen anything really flare in any significant way. But Saturday is the day of action in the states, yeah. right? So um, we've seen um, <clears throat> uh, commentary by right-wing and left-wing extremist groups of this is a you know planned day of action. So that's the concern mm-hmm. is, is, you know, how is this going to go? And really, that's going to be driven by the rhetoric out of the campaigns, right? Yeah. And, and as it relates to, we all saw, you know, Donald Trump's press conference the other day, and that that rhetoric, I think, you know, added fuel to the fire. And so it'll be interesting to see as states get called, if they get called for Biden, what's his reaction, but also what's the reaction of the rest of the Republican Party, right? And, and Fox News and how does the media handle it? So I think um, everyone has a responsibility to try to not add fuel to the fire 
Um, so we're going to have to see how that plays out. But that's the immediate term. And then the other thing I'll just mention, again, as it relates to business in the states, is a concern about the workplace, right? So, you know, United States has a higher incidence of workplace violence. And the concern there is, you know, Matt, now a lot of people are working from home with, you know, coronavirus. But if you're an employer that has big manufacturing facilities or you've got um, big retail footprint, and if you have employee, you know, big employee base that's showing up to work and they may have disagreements on politics, does that manifest itself in more physical risks in the workplace? So that's something clients are also looking at. Yeah, we're speaking with Angela Mancini, the partner at uh, Control Risks. And Angela, a little bit closer to home, you know, you represent and look after a number of projects for multinational clients in the ASEAN region. What sort of things are you hearing coming out of ASEAN, particularly maybe in Singapore, uh, in terms of the mood? If if Biden wins, we feel this. Or if Trump stays in, we feel that. What What is the kind of general mood that you're gauging in Singapore and the region? Yeah, it's generally, well, first of all, I'd say it's pretty sector specific and, you know, in some cases, country specific, of course. Generally speaking, the clients that uh, I'm talking to, and we work for 80% of the Fortune 500, so it's a lot of Western multinationals with, you know, the C-suite regional executive teams there, and a lot of local companies as well, singing companies and companies across, you know, India, Japan, Australia, China. The mood, generally speaking, especially in ASEAN, I think is more pro-Biden. And the reason is, again, it's different if you're in oil and gas extractives, right? Mm. Um, But the reason is, what do businesses want? They want a plan. They don't want a lot of drama. Ideally, they want lower taxes, right? We get that. But the um, you kind of can't overstate the impact to businesses that you know U.S.-China trade war has had. Not not the fact that it's um, we've had tariffs and we've had, you know, a hardening of the relationship. And we feel at Contouris that that's, you know, that is now a structural feature of U.S. foreign policy, right? That U.S.-China hardening is not going away under, you know, a Joe Biden presidency. It would just be done in a different way. But the point is, what do businesses not want? They don't want to wake up to a tweet that, God forbid, <laughs> names them. But they don't, you know, they don't want to have to turn the ship of compliance, looking at sanctions, looking at export controls, looking at, you know, having to have, have geopolitical risk factor in every single risk and opportunity decision they make. So there's a level of certainty that people are looking for. And also, frankly, wanting to have the U.S. step up more in the region, not just militarily, which it has done, but also economically. I mean, obviously, the U.S., as we know, stepped out of TPP. They've not shown up uh, in any real way to East Asia summits, ASEAN summits and the like. So Generally speaking, there's a there's a hope that under a new administration, there'd be more of a showing up um, and, and less of a pressure, perhaps, to have to choose. Because, you know, what does Singapore and, and countries across ASEAN not want to have to do? Japan and the like, they do not want to have to choose yep. between the U.S. and China. We had a client say to us, you know, three of their largest markets are three members of the three Asian members of the Quad, Japan, Australia and India. They said these are our three, you know, three of our largest markets. But China's our largest market. So how do we how do we handle the business angle? How do we handle the fact we have you know people from different countries working in these different places? And that's a challenge. Yeah, Angela, if I can just ask you, you know, one of the one of the positive things that businesses have mentioned was they they like 
the Trump administration's strength against China and intellectual property and some of these recurring issues that have been around for decades, quite frankly. But at the same time, there has been – and some of the rollback of regulations that have been business-friendly, tax cuts, of course. But there has been this other side of the coin, especially here in Asia, where there has been either inconsistency or last-minute policy announcements or made by tweet, etc., that have really been difficult for businesses to digest and plan for. What are your clients telling you about that uh, in terms of the way a Trump administration would have to go forward or what they would look forward to from a Biden administration? Yeah, I think what you're describing is very real. I mean, I remember when Trump first got elected, uh, a big uh, U.S. client here, shall remain nameless, said in an off-the-record forum that uh, they were saying, you know, we've actually hired a few people just to watch now the tweets that might name us. Oh, wow. Because if they name us or our sector, but especially if they name us by name, we got to hustle. It's a, so it's a government affairs regulatory challenge. So that's a very real issue. And even if you're not named, you know, we have other clients. The client said to me this week working that he works in the tech sector across Asia. And he said the volume of just tweets and information coming at us from a regulatory and government affairs perspective is so high. How do we you know, separate the signal from the noise and, and what do we actually act on? And, you know, I've got my American CEO headquarters team asking me, you know, what does this all mean and how do I parse through it, right? So Control Risk has been doing a lot of help with clients on that. But I think it's the volume of uh, information and, and then not knowing what you need to act on because a lot of time we have seen tweets and then, you know, there's kind of no real follow-up. So, Is there expectation that that might change uh, in the next four years, even if it is a Trump administration? Uh, I think well, certainly a Biden administration that would change. Uh, I think a, a Trump administration, you know, I think the, the situation there would be kind of Trump unleashed and Trump, you know, vindicated. I mean, if, if we're in a situation now where, um, you know, if Trump were to, you know, win the election at this point, you know, kind of skin of the teeth, um, there would be a, a, you know, maybe a bit of a revenge feeling or, you know, a feeling of, you know, I, I pulled through. So I think the issue is it's, it's Trump unleashed to some extent. He's not going to be running for re-election. Mm-hmm. Then you also have the people around him, right? So, you know, people get tired. People t- tend to cycle out of those senior jobs every couple of years anyway. He's already working with a pretty light bench because a lot of people already cycled out and it's hard to get new people into that administration and he cycles through them quickly. So you also have to think about who's around him, right, in the in the positions that matter. So I think, you know, uh, we would probably see a lot more of the same in the second term and it'd be unclear to what extent the China hawks would, you know, uh, uh, have more of a say in a second Trump administration. They already have a pretty large say. And again, to, you know, just to make the point again, regardless of who wins the presidency, that uh, toughening relationship, U.S.-China relationship, is now a fundamental feature of U.S. foreign policy. It's just going to be a matter of style right. and how it's actually implemented. Yeah. Angela, you make a point that's been brought up several times by our guest this morning and also by one of our contributors, uh, Don Pierce, who put on Facebook, two months of Trump having free access to the nuclear arsenal. But in the short term, I think this is something that has been overlooked in the analysis, which is, I've mentioned it before, we've still got two, two and a half months of the Trump presidency, whatever happens. And he has shown a degree of volatility, shall we say, in recent days. The risk assessment, the risk management must be something at the very front of all your analysis in the coming days and weeks, surely. What happens in the next two and a half months? How do your companies, your clients feel about that? Yeah, I think you're raising a great point, and I think it's been pretty underreported. I mean, we have 75 days, more or less, until January 20th. And so I think, you know, some of it will depend on how, if we do have a contested election scenario and people are kind of behaving themselves, 
waiting for litigation to play out, that cuts into that time, okay? But regardless of how long that time period is, I do think it's risky if Trump loses. Um, it's unclear if he's going to be focused uh, on policy. I mean, he may be more focused on, you know, kind of what's his next iteration. He's got a lot of lawsuits. Some of them are federal criminal lawsuits in New York on taxes. So he, you know, will likely be, I would think, turning his attention to, you know, what am I doing next? Because now I'm no longer, you know, sitting president. That means um, I can be indicted. And, and what does that look like? So in that case, does he just kind of turn the reins, as it were, over to some of the policy people and let them kind of really drive what's going to happen? And then he just implements it. And, and if so, who are those people? Is that, you know, is that Peter Navarro? And we see tougher, uh, a tougher line on China. I do think that... Um, you know, that we could expect to see some increased volatility if you have a personality that's already volatile, that's now, you know, upset and kind of struggling with this loss, if it, if it comes to that. Um, I think that's a that's a, a lot of uncertainty there. Angela Mancini, partner Control Risks, thanks very much for being with us today. Always a great insight. And as the uh, vo- voting progresses and the election progresses, we'll, of course, have you on again to talk about uh, what those implications might be. Thanks, thanks for today. Great. Thanks for having me. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.